<laughs> Here we go. DNA of a champion. It's your boy, Jay Hood, former CFL player. Football, football, football. I like having athletes on here. I have a different kind of athlete. I really believe that we all are athletes. And that's why I kind of have this um, podcast. It's one of the reasons. It's, it's the DNA of a champion. And when we talk about athletics, you always talk about championship. You're here to win a championship. And so many different things happen. But at the end of the day, everybody wants to see you win. They want to see you win a championship. Uh, unfortunately, I never won a championship in the CFL. A ton of my boys have. And I'm so happy for them so i gotta win in other ways i gotta win that championship in life today i got my boy carlo batara he's in the building when you talk about being a champion he's got an amazing story about how he unlocked his champion and it hasn't been in the traditional conventional way as you will hear i've known this guy since i was about 14 years old playing ball at, at the at the complex by Metro. Yeah. He used to play over there, right? Yeah. Uh, we went to high school together when, from grade 10 on. Love him like a brother. He is a brother. And uh, he's got a story. He's got a bunch of stories. We might be here for a couple hours, but um, we'll break it up. We'll throw it down. We'll chop it up and we'll give it to you. Carlo. What's up, Johnny? What a fucking intro. <laughs> <laughs> what do we, what do we, like, what do we call you? What do you refer to yourself as? I don't know, man. A lot of people have random names for me, but... Yeah, I'm trying to think if someone has ever asked me, what does Carlo do? I don't know if I've ever answered that question. Or or what... Yeah, what's Carlo up to? I'm just like, Carlo's just living life to the fullest. Sometimes he's surfing. Sometimes he's selling. Sometimes he's marketing. The other day, he was on one leg because he ruptured his Achilles. He's always doing something. (laughs) (laughs) So give us a rundown. How would you, if you were to be introduced on stage, how would you, what would you like them to say? How would you like them to introduce you? Man, it's funny that you brought that up. I just got invited actually to speak at an entrepreneur event. And uh, they labeled me as a lifestyle entrepreneur. Mm. And uh, they were just like, look, man. We don't want exactly like you said. We can't put you into a box um, of your this or you sell this or you sell that or whatever. Um, I truthfully, I just tell people I surf and I chill, (laughs) (laughs) which fucks for people's heads. What is a lifestyle entrepreneur? Honestly, I don't know. But if I if I can if I can break it down a little bit, is I'm a serial entrepreneur. If if to an extent, not that I label myself that. I've just been told that my whole life. Um, I've never had a regular job. By like, yeah, I've never really had a regular job. Um, off the record, I guess I had a job for uh, to hide something else to prove that I had some income or whatnot. But I've never had a proper job. I've never had a nine to five. And uh, what about when you worked at the gas station, Shell, Sunoco, Sunoco, Sunoco? Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> off record, but that was that was just to show that I had some money coming in, but I was hustling on the sides. I just didn't want anyone to uh, ask me where I was getting my money or anything like that. So I worked at the gas station, but that was really a, uh, a cover-up for all the shit that I was hustling on the side, whether it was shit on eBay, um, selling random stuff, flipping shoes, flipping gear, um, Remember when we used to sell jerseys in high school? Absolutely, man. Yeah. That, that was a real thing, and that like was a real thing for real. That was a, that was a real thing, and um, I think if we kept that up, it would be an empire by now. Oh, for sure, know? 
For real. So, yeah. yeah. Like, because we were into so many different, like, yeah. even before selling the jerseys, I was selling shit on eBay. I had. Yeah, you were selling stuff on eBay, like, when people weren't even talking about eBay. Yeah. And, and I, like, I shout was out, scared to buy stuff on eBay. Everyone was, right? Yeah. And I, like, shout out to my, my cousin out in New York, because he was the one who put me on this shit. He worked at uh, Barney's New York. And I used to go to New York all the time because I have lots of family there. And uh, we used to pop by his shop or the store. And he worked in this area called uh, the co-op section where where all the f- the new shit was coming out. Like if artists, like if Pharrell's like, ice cream line came out there or Rockaware Rock dropped their shit, it would be in the co-op section of of um, of Barney's New York. And my cousin worked mm-hmm. there. So when every time we go there, he'd, he'd tell us what's hot, you know, and oh, he'd be like, yo, this is what's selling out. Oh, yeah. You know? And... I remember this like distinctly. He he. We went there. We were in high school. I was still in like grade ten. Yeah. Grade nine, actually. I don't even know if we knew each other yet because yeah. you came to Gates at grade ten. Yeah. But grade nine, he put me on Lacoste shirts, and yes. he was like, "Yo, these golf shirts, they're selling out like crazy." Yeah. And the old ones, the ones that look old, are the ones that are selling out. That are right? selling out yep, mad yep. quick. I had a few. So then, probably I, bootleg though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so then I um. My and my mind was like, yo, my mom has these shirts, right? And they're old yeah. and they're they're ruggedy, right? Yeah. And uh, so we went home and I was like, hey, mom, can I sell these shirts on eBay? Because <laughs> she would literally <laughs> clean the house in them, like they were yeah. old and and ruggedy. They looked exactly like the hundred dollars shirts that were selling at Barney's New York. Yeah. And she's like, isn't eBay a scam? And I was like, <laughs> if I get money, it's not a scam, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I sold them. I sold them for like thirty bucks. Mm. And um, then <laughs> what I what I did was I was like, yo, I, the other place I've seen these shirts was at Value Village, mm-hmm. you know, and Goodwill because my family, not by choice, like shop there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like we had we had options to buy shit. It was just I don't know. It was a regular thing for us to go there mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So I used to. So I took the money I made on eBay. Well, by the way, I wasn't even old enough to create an eBay account or a PayPal account to get paid. I had to use my next door neighbor's older brother's credit card. Wow! And um, we had to bribe him too. I said I'll yeah, give him a portion. <laughs> yeah. What happened to your brothers? They weren't old enough either at the time oh. to have a credit card. You know, because wow. we, we were mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, then, yeah. So I took some money. I had to use my neighbor's older brother's credit card. He got the money. He paid me. He took a portion, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I biked to fucking Value Village, <laughs> and I bought more of those shirts with that money. And then I and then and then at the time, there's no cell phones, no email. Email was wasn't as like every day as it is now. Yeah. So I used to talk to my cousin on eBay. And there's a chat on there. Just, there's like you can send messages, but like he would reply like two days later. You know, yeah. it wasn't like how it is now, right? Yeah. And uh, but I feel like it's coming back to that. But anyway. Um, he would reply, and I would show him photos of the shit that I was picking up, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, yo, that shit's fire, right? Yeah. Like, just the Lacoste shirts. I'd literally buy them at Value Village for like $2, $1.50, yeah. and then sell them on eBay for like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, that's how I got most of my gear mm-hmm. when I was growing up, right? Like, I had all this, because this, I didn't grow, my parents never really bought shit for, for myself. I have two older brothers, and... I used to get hand-me-downs, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but then I, on eBay, I was like, "Yo, man, I got money in my account now. I can buy <laughs> gear." And uh, but that was that was probably my first real hustle was was doing that and going back to that shit could have been an empire too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that there's that lady. I can't remember her name. It's on the tip of my tongue. She built an eBay business up to like a hundred million dollar eBay business. Uh, 
I know something just went wrong with I can't remember what her name. she selling? Everything. Like vintage clothes. Oh. And then, yeah, then my cousin put me on. Like then it's almost like Value Village also caught on because these shirts became like $12. Yeah. And I was like, well, that, that market's done, right? Yeah. And then uh, then my cousin would tell me like, yo, these rock T-shirts are, mm-hmm. are what's selling next. And mm-hmm. then I would pick those up and sell them. And uh, and then it was just to make money. I never had a part time job in high school like most kids and shit. Mm-hmm. I just figured out a way to make some some cash. That's pretty cool if you think about it. You had like a marketing forecast, and you went to an <laughs> area where you knew the trend was gonna come up north, right? And before it got there, you hit it, and then you sold it. I remember you used to always have some exclusive stuff. Um, I I always many times I speak to. Uh, youth, uh, students, anybody, and I say like, if you if you are kind of at a state where you don't know maybe who you are, or you don't know where you want to go. I always say dig into who you are. I say if you reflect on the things that you like to do, the things that you've done, I think you'll really realize, you'll understand, and shine some light on the things that you're good at. And if you take what you're good at, then you can turn it into a career. And if you're doing what you like and what you're good at as your career. It's kind of like you're not even working, right? You love what you do, what you do, what you love, mm-hmm. right? So I think understanding, thinking back that you started this mini empire when you were so young, I think you're really unlocking something. Uh, the early stages of the entrepreneur, the serial entrepreneur who's sitting in front of me today. What else have you done or have you been into or do you find that kind of follows you around all your life since you were a kid that has made you into the person who you are today? Shit, man, that's a, that's a that's a deep question. Um, you could take a, you could take a take a second to think about. Yeah, it. but um, I wanted to first like shine a light on what you just said. How people actually, I'm I'm a firm believer that people should spend most time most of their time trying to figure out who they are, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. Like I still struggle with that. I mm-hmm. feel like I know who I am a little bit more every day, but then. There's some days where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't know, you know, like I'm 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 out. Like I'm checking out. I'm gonna go surf and then and then then I realize like no, I gotta do I, I wanna do more of this or mm-hmm. more of whatever it is, sell and um I'm not sure how to answer that question, but I can share things that I know about myself. Mm-hmm. Um where I've always known that the way I thought was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm definitely embracing that more. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example, when and there's crazier people than me that you know that will do crazier shit. Um, but what my mind never really stops, and what I mean by that is, I can whenever I walk into uh, a school or or a coffee shop or a little boutique shop or even a mall, my mind is always thinking like, I already know the ten things or twenty things that can amplify the customer's experience mm-hmm. uh, and every every it's always changing the internet blew that door open mm-hmm. as to what you can do to enhance customers experience and increase sales when mm-hmm. it comes to business or whatnot and I think that's part of being an entrepreneur is like always constantly thinking like hey man I can get you know going back to the shirts I can get the same shirt looks exactly the same shirt as the brand new old looking one uh-huh. But it's 30% of the cost, yeah. right? So I'm fulfilling a need of like, yo, why would you buy that when you can buy this? It's the exact mm-hmm. same shirt, you know? It's 30% of the cost. And then eBay was like that platform. And then, 
you know, now going back to gear when we used to sell jerseys, mm-hmm. the same jerseys are everyone comes down to or most businesses come down to price, right? Like I can get it cheaper and stuff. You know, that was something I used to say a lot in high school. Yeah. So I can get it cheaper, right? <laughs> and uh, and that was part of the the thing with our jerseys, right? We got yeah. them way cheaper. Yeah. We got the plug, right? Yeah. We had we had a pretty crazy hookup yeah. and uh, and we had jerseys that couldn't come from that weren't being sold in Toronto. Yeah. You know, like we we got like I remember some of the fire jerseys. They were like Reggie yeah. Miller. Yeah, they were yeah. Dwayne Wade when he yeah. just came in rookie yeah. years. Um, there was Ron Artest. Yeah, you know the scrappy Ron Artest was was an impossible jersey to find. Yeah. So when you think about the entrepreneur or any business person, what you're really doing is filling a void mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to fashion or gear, that's really what it is. You know and deeper rooted all that shit is useless but um it's still kind of fun you know i like that excitement of like yo man i got i got the hookup for like you know these j's or these these yeezys or you know um but i'm not sure how to answer that question of like specific list of things because i just randomly flow through through learning and and then tie things back very far down the road and be like oh shit we did that back then you know we just didn't have a label for it I think if you if you really listen key is listening to yourself to your surroundings because you actually answered my question okay so you talked about the customer experience right Mm -hmm. you like you gotta you gotta ask yourself why do you care so much about the customer why do you care so much about other people you're a guy who has a ton of friends and you have no problem making friends Right. Mm-hmm. You're a social guy. They made people say social butterfly. Right. So if you look back in your life, you're probably one of those kids who were maybe the center of attention in grade one or kindergarten. You're probably one of those kids that everyone went to. Right. You're probably one of those kids who they were like, I dare you to do this, Carlo. And Carlo did it. <laughs> then everyone was like, oh, Carlo, Carlo, Carlo. Right. You're probably one of those kids. And one of those people who you can walk into a coffee shop and 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 network and make connections. Not everybody could do that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's those are the kind of things I'm talking about. When you really, I guess, reflect and listen to the things that have happened in your life, then you realize that that's one thing about you that that that's ingrained in your DNA for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? That's ingrained in your DNA. And you're talking about now surfing, right? You're you're an athlete and you played high school sports. You still play in any ball leagues before you got hurt? Um, I was starting to play, pick up basketball again. Pick up basketball. You're into CrossFit. Yeah, I was really into CrossFit. Really into bit. CrossFit, right? So there's another thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So these and and you know what you said? Yeah. You said it's 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 tough to figure out who you are. And I instantly I wanted to challenge that, but now that we're talking, I'm like, you know what? It may be tough to figure out who you are because you are the subject. Mm-hmm. It may be easier or maybe clearer for someone else to tell you. Yeah, right? for sure. Because they know you, they see you. They experience you. So maybe in the process of getting to really uh, know yourself and your strengths, maybe it's good to consult those around you. Absolutely. Those trustworthy people, those people who've seen you in your highs, seen you in your lows, right? Seen you, uh, your risk tolerance. You have a high risk tolerance. For sure. You take chances. (laughs) All day, man. All day. So I, and I think these are characteristics of uh, the, the, the ultimate serial entrepreneur. Right. Mm -hmm. Being able to take risks, uh, adding, wanting to add value to other people's lives. Right. Caring about the customer experience deeply, caring about the bottom line. Right. Being able to sell. 
Yeah. Sell, 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 right? Yeah. Have you ever even had difficulty selling things? Not really. No, man. right? Nah. <laughs> That's ingrained in it's you. It's true. Right? It's true. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole premise of my life is I've always been selling shit. Yeah. So, okay. So now here's here's where uh, we come into uh, an area where we want a bit of revelation about Carlo. You're You're leaving high school. You've got all these hustles going on. You're leaving high school. And maybe... Uh, some people are going here, some people are going there, college, university, uh, into the workforce. What were your thoughts and feelings leaving high school? Because I have a feeling that they weren't the same as everybody else. Oh, man. (laughs) But they might be the same as some people listening right now. Yeah, you're right. Um, Man, that high school was an interesting time for me. Um, To give you a little bit, give everyone some background, I have, that's all the education I've got, like formal education is high school. Uh, and that wasn't easy. Uh, that was a journey. My, um, I only really did good in math and gym. Everything else was like <laughs> subpar, str- struggling to to pass or whatnot. But um, truthfully, I think it was grade eleven where I was like, "Fuck, I'm not making the NBA." the light came on yeah and I was like damn man (laughs) I was like seriously man Johnny's gotten taller there's this new guy toot in the building and he's he's fucking throwing balls off the glass windmilling it and shit and I'm like yeah I didn't get any taller but um it was it was a it wasn't a good time mentally it was Mm -hmm. it was scary right because I wasn't really good at school I really felt that most of the shit we're learning we just had a discussion off before we started recording about Mm -hmm. our different views on school Mm -hmm. and I'm still stuck in that mentality and I was very much in that mentality of like most of the shit I'm learning right now is so irrelevant to anything that I actually want to do and not that I actually knew exactly what I wanted to do but um yeah, going. I remember this like it was yesterday. Actually, we were, you know, we were the guinea pigs of that uh, eliminating OAC. Yeah, double and, cohort. Yeah, the double cohort year, two years graduating. Universities and colleges can't accept twice as many students. Yeah. So it's twice as competitive or whatnot, and we have to choose college, university classes from the get, mm-hmm. right? And like, dude, I don't even know what I want to eat for lunch, and you want to ask me like, <laughs> you know, what college, university I want to go to, and. Um, I, I remember consulting my parents and I was I was scared and I would ask them like, hey, you know, I don't know really know what I want to do. There is a bogus class called civics that's supposed to help you teach civics and careers. I think I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. they to like help you help you um, choose a better path that you're naturally good at. I don't yeah. remember what I got chosen for, but I just remember the salary being like 60 grand. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> you know, I can't buy a Lamborghini with that. And then um, anyway, then. I, I, yeah, I talked to my parents. My parents always said that, you know, as a child, I wanted to be a dentist, mm-hmm. which always was like, damn, for real? That's a weird thing for a kid to say, right? And uh, and then I was like, then I discovered to talk to some teachers, and that shit was going to take another eight to ten years of school after high school. Mm-hmm. So then in my head, I was like, fuck that, <laughs> right? And um, so then I, I, I got put on to dental hygiene or, and... I was like, all right, I guess I have, if I can make certain grades, I can get into dental hygiene, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that became kind of like my default setting mm-hmm. of like, all right, I guess I'm going to do def- dental hygiene, mm-hmm. right? So great. I switch all my classes. Like, I don't, you're not oh, going to remember this. I no, switched I from grade, mid grade 11 
in all of grade 12, I took all college classes now because now I knew I was going to go to college. I'm not going to university. Yeah. Which already, which fuck with my head. Yeah. Like feeling like I'm not good enough. Yeah. With the university or to go to university or whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a different story. But mm-hmm. then like I remember I was in class with people now that were ahead either like uh, ahead that were a year younger that were ahead. It was weird as hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, um, we graduate or no, we we apply to these schools. It's now grade 12. We apply to these schools. And um, I get into George Brown. I have to do a bunch of fucking tests, like exams. And I'm freaking out. I'm like four hours in exam. We're supposed to write this shit all the, the whole time. And I get accepted to George Brown, um, which was amazing, I guess. At the time, it felt amazing. And then uh, longer story shorter, um, I missed my payment date. Mm-hmm. And Purposely or accidentally? Accidentally. 100% okay. accidentally, okay. you know. And... Um, then I was freaking out because it actually said because of the double court and all the, the demand for students, student placements or whatever, they, there was no leeway. They put me on the waiting list for next September. Mm. And they're like, no, we have to take the next student. You need to make your payments. Mm. And um, for two weeks, I didn't tell my parents. I was mm. freaking. I didn't know what the fuck to do, man. And then so then I actually then in I came up with my own plan. And... Um, it was probably one of the a big turning point in my life. I then enrolled myself to an entrepreneurship class um, in, in an adult school. Where? And then someplace in Oakville. I've told you a story. You just don't remember. Yeah. And, uh, and then I also enrolled into business at Sheridan for the January coming up. Mm-hmm. I paid I for all I this. That. Yeah. Then yeah. I paid for all this my own money because it caught, which is a different topic of conversation where why does it cost money to apply to go to college or to university. <laughs> like, it costs money just to even try. To try to get <laughs> to, in. And, like, you're not even trying. You're just sending documents in. Anyway, but um, I enrolled there, and then I got a job at the gas station mm-hmm. because, um, and that was my plan for my parents. You know, like, all right, mom, dad, I know I fucked up over here, but this is kind of my makeup, <laughs> right? I really wanted to own my own my own store. I wanted to open up a fashion line or whatever, mm-hmm. open up a sneaker store or and this is back before sneakers are what they are now, right? Yeah, way different. Way back in the day, it was like, like in it was a yeah, it was small world. Yeah. And um, fifteen years ago, yeah, it was a long time ago, man. <laughs> Jeez. And um, then, then yeah, then I got a job at the gas station again. The gas station job was a cover up for all my side hustles because I just didn't need people asking me how I was making my money. And then, uh, like, I'd work once or twice a week, and. Um, but at the gas station, I used it as an opportunity to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And anyone who, who was successful, what people don't realize, you typically go to the same gas stations often. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. I just used to ask people that look successful, like, hey, what do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. You know, And I would get weird looks and whatnot. <laughs> and then uh, I'm trying to jack them or something. But a lot of them were doctors and lawyers, you know, riding like Benzes and BMWs and stuff. And I was like, damn, I can't be one of those. Mm-hmm. And then there was this y- young dude that um, that used to come in, drove a nice car, dressed nice, and I just asked him, like, hey, man, what do you do for a living? He asked me why. I told him, look, look, I'm in this weird spot. I just graduated high school, and I don't know what I want to do, and you look successful, so I just, I'm just asking. And then he said, I'm in real estate. Mm-hmm. And that night I went home, you know, turned on the dial-up internet, and mm-hmm. like the... <laughs> <laughs> All the transformers going off. 
<laughs> looked up, looked up. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people won't know about that. They stuff. don't know about that. Not, they'll know about that high speed <laughs> internet telephone line life. And then, um, yeah, looked it up and read a lot about how being a real being in real estate or being a real estate agent is very much like um, or is very entrepreneurial and. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's 100% commission. You don't get, there's, the sky's the limit. It's all based on you. And this rang a, like, this totally hit, like, hit a light on my my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I want to do real estate. Yeah. And then um, I got my real estate license. I was 19. I made the top 10 in, in, an, in an office with, like, 150 agents. Mm-hmm. I was the youngest person to do either or. And then, um, and then I haven't, I, I crushed for a bit, you know, like, for a while. I still am mm-hmm. crushing the real estate game, but... Yeah, like, it, it. I don't know certain, there was definitely certain moments in high school, but that was always my mentality. Grade 11 and 12 mentally were really tough. Mm-hmm. I still liked playing sports, mm-hmm. but there was, and there was still that competitive drive. Yeah. Um, and, but then I knew, like, shit, I'm not going to make the NFL or mm-hmm. the CFL like you, mm-hmm. and, um, or I have no shot at making professional sports, right? <laughs> um, but I can, and, and the more I got into real estate, I still, I still envied that life, you know, the... Mm-hmm. Um, like two playing basketball overseas and stuff and just professional athletes in general. Um, but today is a different story because mm-hmm. what I've actually learned, you know, growing up 15 years passing since we graduated high school or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, the athlete's life is so short or the athlete's career. I don't mean to say life, their career mm-hmm. is very, very short. And it's a, it really is a all or nothing career either you're in it or you're a zero yeah you know and which which can be great if you have like the physical st- like ability to be a professional athlete and then the work ethic and all the other st- stuff stacked on top but a business person's um or an entrepreneur's career shit that that kind of goes on forever you know because i i guarantee you even uh, as a retired professional athlete you still have the drive to play but you don't want to do all that crap that you had to do. Um, or I think I worded that wrong. But, like, <laughs> it's more like even when I want to, like, in my business, like, rewind a little bit when I was, like, some days I just want to say, what the fuck am I doing? I'm out, mm-hmm. right? You can't do that in sports. Mm-hmm. You can't walk away and then come back. Okay, yeah, if you're Michael Jordan, that's <laughs> one person in the whole planet, right? But in business, you know, you can really, you can really do that. And mm-hmm. check out for a couple of days or a week and come back. Yeah, there's going to be some fires you need to put out, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's not like your career is over, right? Um, and that that's it. That's a it's a really unique time in that sense um, mm-hmm. where entrepreneurship and business and businesses are, or business people are are looked at as stars, mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me. Um, and I want to go back to a couple. One thing that you said about. Um, you were bang on with like me being a kid and like being a class ca- clown and everyone mm-hmm. kind of and me making friends real easily and all that shit um, and having tons of friends and have tons of people around me in my life. I'm very thankful for that. But mm-hmm. two things I want to point out about entrepreneurship versus that is entrepreneurship is a very fucking lonely road. Mm-hmm. Super lonely. Yeah. That's one thing that is not talked about at all. You know, like when you guys were out there playing sports, 
messing around, not messing around, but like having fun, <laughs> playing sports, yeah. like, yo, I'm going to make it. You still had that dream, right? Which is fantastic. I'm out here hustling, grinding by myself. It's 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, trying to figure out like, yo, how am going to make this? How am going to make that five grand? How am going to make that 10? Make mm-hmm. that 20,000 or whatever it is, right? Um, now, my, my, my aspirations don't really have to do with money anymore, but... Mm-hmm. Um, And another point that I want to kind of point out when we talk about athletes and rap music, and I I always find, because obviously we grew up listening to rap music and and hip-hop culture or whatnot, Um, another huge point that I want to bring out now is basketball players, football players always want to be rappers. (laughs) <laughs> and, and tell me they didn't. And rappers... Well, when they were younger, always. they wanted to be rappers. And rappers wanted to be athletes. It's synonymous, right? Like, it, it really is. I'm not saying... I think it's a, in, in hip-hop culture. It is. Right? Because you've got a lot of athletes who don't listen to hip-hop. Who yeah, don't of rap, course. Right? Of course. But I'm just saying, like, if you were... Probably a, more than you think. I think... Pro- I could be wrong, but I yeah. do think hip-hop is pop culture right now, and it runs the world. If you're not, if you don't see that, then like, how many no, people? I, how many, you're talking about an athlete population. You're talking about if there's 70 guys on a football team, would I say that 40 of them wanted to be rappers at some point in their life? And I would say no. No, no, no. They don't need to be yeah. a rapper, like a professional rapper artist. Like they would rap as a joke. Like, oh, as a joke, you know, like, like they, you, in their spare time yeah. or something. Okay. I'm not saying like yeah, write yeah, lyrics yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like. At the end of the day, everyone aspired to be a rapper that was playing an athlete. That's a joke. Like, it's... Right. You know, it's like athletes want to be rappers. Rappers want to be athletes. Like a star. To be a star. Yeah, to be a star in in those two worlds. Yeah. But here's one thing I've noticed now. Both those people want to be entrepreneurs, which is fucking cool as shit for Mm -hmm. someone like me who got their heart broken in grade 11. (laughs) 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 I'm still not going to be six foot six or whatnot, but... But no, for real, on a serious note, I actually think that entrepreneurship right now is held to a pedestal almost as high or in 10 years will be as high as athletes and and entertainers. Do you don't think that um, it has been in the past? No, not at all, bro. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Like self-made people. Like the the whole reason why a lot of people came to the States is because they wanted to go from rags to riches, right? Absolutely. So being self-made was like, it's a huge thing, you know? Dale Carnegie era. Yeah, but you you didn't get the stardom the athletes got. You know, if like, if for example, from the media, from the media, right, or from and or from the the population, just regular people. Like, how many people know who Elon Musk is now? Elon more Musk, now, more now more than now ever than before. You know, yeah. Elon Musk created PayPal. I didn't even know I that, and know I was that. using PayPal from the from day one. Yeah, and and then talk about serial entrepreneur. He made like three hundred fifty million off selling PayPal to eBay. Wow, and then he created, I believe it was Oracle and Tesla. Mm-hmm. And rumor has it, and a lot of people in his circle have confirmed that he had to ask people for rent money. Yeah. Because he was like, yeah, I put all my money in these these other businesses. Yeah. I so heard that too. Talk about serial entrepreneur. That's like next level. I don't know if I probably would do that, but <laughs> I got to make $350 million first, right? <laughs> to, to answer that, pro- that question honestly. But um, yeah, high school was an interesting time. And that's really, that's what, that was my frame of mind. And from real estate, it's really grown into multiple different streams of income and 
just different learning different business aspects and different ways of growing businesses from other investors and people that I've met. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I really do think entrepreneurship is at a level, the stardom of entrepreneurship is is at a level it's never been before. Ever, yeah. You know, I think uh, I think when you revert back, you talk about comparing athletes. I think it's very similar when you are an athlete you are the business, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to uh, ensure that the business is running well so that you're hot on the market, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can get cut, shipped off, traded yeah. anytime, any place. And when you get cut from a team, it's different than when you get fired from a job. Like you can be a doctor and one clinic may fire you and you could go to another one or you're still a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Just because you're not at the clinic doesn't mean you're not a doctor. When you get, say, released from a CFL team, you're not a football player anymore. You have no team, right? Mm-hmm. If so, if you said, yeah, you got released, they say, oh, what do you do? I'm a football player. Who do you play for? Um, I don't have a team. You're not a football player, right? <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. So it's 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 similar and different. It's crazy how you drew the parallel because there the similarities is this is your brand, this is your business. Yeah. And I think that as you said, they want to I think what's happening is people are realizing that I can capitalize on this brand. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's really prevalent when you look at college athletes because they're at schools and they're playing. And there's so much money being made off. Yeah, of them. I'm learning. Right, I'm learning so much about that. I don't know a lot about it, but it's yeah. it looks like a the biggest scam. And that's what that even can... happened back in the days with with many sports mm-hmm. until you know they um, unions, yeah. uh, players' associations, unions started um, players started attaching themselves to unions. Now they had a voice. Yeah. Now they could market themselves as that business and say, this is what it's going to cost to have me here. Yeah. This is what it's going to cost, and I need these rights because we were just kind of tools before. Yeah. Right? And, and and I think going going back to what I brought up earlier where the, the career of an, a professional athlete is so short, and that's why you can get shipped off, mm-hmm. right? Like they're trying to win in a window of yeah. five years, whatever it is, yeah. two, three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but in entrepreneurship – a lot of people are trying to do that too, mm-hmm. and they might win for a year, or two, or three, or four, but they're not like if you don't plan like real long term long term shit, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. In in the same way as uh, an athlete's in, mm-hmm. in an athlete's career, like if you don't actually have those long term contracts, you know, like the five year contracts, it, you know. Maybe related back, and this I'm just making this shit up. Related back to a dog's life, right? Like versus a human life, where an athlete, it's it's amplified in the same way, right? Like one dog year is like seven human years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just heard that on a random podcast. I could see so, that. Though. I would <laughs> attest know? to that, even because as someone who's retired, yeah, right. I've I've experienced uh, retirement in a similar vein as someone who's 65 has experienced it, right? Yeah, and I was. Was I even 30 when I stopped playing? I think I was 30 when I stopped playing. So yeah. I played six years. Now I'm 30. So really, you may think about it. In a regular, quote-unquote, regular career, I'd have been double my age when I was yeah. retiring, right? So you're right. Life is fast-forwarded mm-hmm. in a professional athlete experience. And I think it, it also is in an entrepreneur experience. But there's so much more potential for long-term. Yeah, There's so much more... Uh, Ability for long term, but in the same vein, 
as an athlete, if you set yourself up strategically like that business, mm-hmm. right, then you have so much more potential. Like, look at Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right? He was he was probably one of the forefathers of athlete entrepreneurs. For but sure. I think about it. Him and yeah. Magic. Magic. Yeah, Magic too. Magic's yeah. a little bit more le- behind the scenes. Right. right. Uh, where Jordan, because of his apparel, mm-hmm. became like a fashion icon. In the yeah. Sense. And fashion is always part of like the media and stuff, right? But mm-hmm. Magic, um, he's got like one of the biggest networks, net, net worths as a professional athlete. He's made more money outside of sports than he has inside of sports. Mm-hmm. And he relates a lot of that to, um, well, obviously, he got HIV. Mm-hmm. And then his, so his career got cut shorter. Mm-hmm. And then his the owners at the time, still same owners, but I believe he's now passed. Dr. Buss, um, he, um, he guided Magic mm. to say, hey, man, like, your career is done, but listen to me and I'll tell you where to put your money. And that's why he owns, like, several franchises, like, tons of fast food chains. Mm-hmm. He's now part owner of the Dodgers. You need tons of money to be part of yeah. Even a small percentage owner, you're talking about tens of hundreds of millions of dollars just to yeah. buy in. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's very—now it, it's glorified, right? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess in my head I compare the two a lot because I, I really did have that dream of being a mm-hmm. professional athlete. And, uh, yeah, one thing I, I know we chatted about before, I told you, I noticed, this is kind of like a, another kind of aha moment, uh, I guess, just to kind of make me feel better about business, is, uh, <laughs> is um, you know, you can be, how many how many players are there in any given league, right? In in basketball, we're, we're talking about, like, what, maybe 20 players, 15 on a roster, 30 mm-hmm. teams. I can't do that math in my head. But let's say there's 600 players. Mm-hmm. And if, going back to the all or nothing, you if you're the 650th best basketball player in the world, you're making shit. You're not mm-hmm. making anything because there's only 600 players allowed in the league. Mm-hmm. And then that 600th player is making $5 million a year. But the 615th player is like fucking working at Starbucks mm-hmm. and trying to get into the G League and mm-hmm. driving around and stuff. And again, no, no disrespect no disrespect to any of that, but mm-hmm. I like my odds as a business person because if I'm like the 800th best entrepreneur in the world, mm-hmm. dude, like I'll probably have an island like next to Richard Branson, you know? Yeah, but if you are, if you, it's relative because yeah. the actual percentage of the population Who's a professional athlete is way smaller. Yeah. Than, oh yeah. Than yeah. A I'm not saying. I, again, but you I'm, could have an entrepreneur, like say, we'll go back to real estate. Yeah. There, I heard that there are somewhere around forty thousand real estate in Yeah, that's an old set. There's probably so way probably more. more. So if you're like, if you're forty. Thirty-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight. You might be selling one house every two. Oh years, yeah, right? they're terrible. Absolutely right. So I think it's. I think it's really, really similar. At the end of the day, and I think. Even when you said like it's lonely, I think even as an athlete, your your business it's it's a one person show for sure. At the end of the day, you definitely do have teammates, you have coaches, you have trainers, but it's a one man show, and it actually can get quite lonely for sure. Especially when you get traded. Yeah. Right. When I think about um, performance, mm-hmm. um, I I respect. I actually respect people who are just good at stuff because I think I see it as all as athletics, whether you're good at uh, being an entrepreneur, you're good at playing the piano. There 
comes something that you're preparing for. You prepare, you prepare, prepare, and then you have a time in the spotlight. And that time in the spotlight is going to be a huge payoff. But the time in the spotlight is a very small percentage of the actual time of preparation, right? Because mm-hmm. you're in that arena trying to win, win yeah. that championship, as I said. And it reminds me of a, a short, an excerpt of a speech I like to add to some of my speeches is by uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He was uh, a president. He was an entrepreneur himself, a philanthropist. And the speech is called The Man in the Arena. It goes like this. It's not the critic who counts, nor the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short time and time again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But he does, he actually does strive to do the deeds. He knows great enthusiasm and great devotions. He spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the very best, in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who at his worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat because they did not try. And speaking to what you said about that time in high school, the time in your life where it was, was kind of scary. That was you, some deep shit, by the way. You like that? Yeah, I was getting goosebumps like, damn. So it's real, though. Yeah. It's relevant to you, right? Because yeah, you're sure. the man in the arena. Yeah. You're the athlete, you're the you're MJ, step back, push off for the game winner, mm-hmm. right? And you've lost some games. Did you say push off with your arms? No, <laughs> Jordan used to do that, but... That's what I said, the, the yeah. Jordan push off. Yeah. That's funny. That last, that's the image I see of, when you say Michael Jordan, the last image I see is him against uh, Utah Jazz, right? Yeah. yeah. Brian, Brian Russell. Russell. Brian yeah. Russell. Pull back, push off, step back. Yeah, the secret little push off. Yeah. And and you've missed it. Oh, man, it's juicy, juicy, juicy right now. I'm getting the juice, man. I'm feeling the juice. Carlo Patera in the house, spitting knowledge, giving us the goods. We need to take a break. We need to take a break because we can't just leave this to one part. It's too much. We're going to overwhelm the crowd and the listeners. We got to break it up into two. So stay tuned. We'll be back with CB in a minute. 